We're going to continue our series on end time prophecy. There is going to be a, a disappearance. There is going to be an event that takes place when all those that believe in Jesus Christ, all those that have trusted Christ as their Savior, are going to be raptured out of this earth. There are some, there are some that scoff at that. Matter of fact, I, I uh, read there was a, a man by the name of, of Kevin Phillips. He is, um, uh, he calls this, those that believe in Bible prophecy, over-imaginative, at best, radical. Uh, he says this, he wrote a book called The American Theocracy. He went as far as this, he said this in his book, the rapture, end times, in Armageddon, hucksters in the United States rank with the Shiite Ayatollahs. He says those Christians that believe in end time prophecies are at the same level as those that the Shiite Ayatollahs, those that uh, 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 would believe in destruction and harmfulness of, of others. And so what we're talking about, what we're discussing, end time prophecies, Things that the Bible says are going to happen, they're not popular here in the world. Matter of fact, a lot of people don't believe in them. Bible-believing Christians, why do we believe in something such as that? The reason why we believe in it is because the Bible says so. We believe the Word of God. We believe what the Bible says. It takes faith to believe what the Bible says. Not everything that we read in the Bible, we can understand with our human minds. But the Bible, the Bible talks so much, talks so much of end time prophecies and so much of, of the Lord's return. I read this, more than a fourth of the Bible is predictive prophecy. Both the Old Testament and New Testament are full of promises about the return of Jesus Christ. Over 1,800 references appear in the Old Testament about the return of Jesus Christ. Over and 17 Old Testament books give uh, uh, prominence to this theme. Of the 260 chapters in the New Testament, there are more than 300 references to the Lord's return. And one out of every 30 verses. 23 of the 27 New Testament books refer to this great event, the Lord's return. And for every prophecy on the first coming of Christ, there are eight on the second coming of Christ. Now, we know this, the Bible prophesied that Jesus Christ was going to come, and he came. Every single prophecy that pointed to the, the Messiah coming was true. All that the Bible has prophesied that has come true, we can believe that, that what yet has not happened yet will come true because of everything the Bible has prophesied that has come true. Jesus Christ has come. The Bible says he's coming again. And we're going to look at this, we're going to look at this topic here today, the, uh, the, uh, the rapture of the church. Now, this is, a, this is going to be about 11 or 12 week series. I mentioned this uh, two weeks ago. We're not going to go back and, and, and restudy what we studied last week. So if you missed it, uh, I want you to get the CD or go on our podcast and get that uh, because we've got to build each week on this. But today, today we're going to study what millions of Christians through the ages since the Apostle Paul, he wrote a book called First Thessalonians to the, to the New Testament church, talking about the fact that Jesus Christ is coming again. He's coming and he's going to rapture his church out from this earth. And millions of Christians throughout the ages, 
They've, they've looked for this divine event, this event that's been prophesied in the Bible, this event that's been promised. And there's some, there's some scripture verses that I want to look at here today that, that point us to that event. In Matthew chapter number 24, verses 6 and 7, Matthew 24, verses 6 and 7, the Bible talks about wars and rumors of wars. In Matthew chapter number 24, it's, Christ is speaking of his return. And he says this, And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And so we find that Matthew chapter number 24, it tells us there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. The Bible also tells us this, that there's going to be Israel's return to land. In Ezekiel chapter number 36, verse number 37, the Bible says this, Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. And the Bible in Ezekiel tells us that Christ, uh, God's going to send Israel back to their land. And we saw this when we studied Israel. Israel became a nation. And that, that was prophesied in the Old Testament. Israel was scattered. They rebelled against God and they were scattered. And God brought them back and he, he caused them to become a nation. That's a, a prophecy that, that the Bible speaks about that's now been fulfilled. We find false prophets in Matthew chapter number 24, verse number 11. If you'd write that verse down and go back and study that, we find this, that Christ is speaking about end times. He says, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. I tell you, there are so many, so many false prophets out there today. I want to I wanna warn you, not everything you listen to on the internet, not every single preacher that you find on the internet, not every book that you pick up is going to be a book worth reading or a preacher worth listening to. There's many that are out there that are deceiving people. There's many that are out there that are teaching false things, and, and we're warned of that. In the end times, there's going to be false prophets that are going to rise, and they're going to deceive many. Daniel Daniel chapter number 12, verse number four, he is prophesying about end times and he says this, but thou, O Daniel, shut up thy words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. We see, we see the prophecy of increased technology or knowledge. Boy, we're living in an age. They said this, I learned this while I was on vacation. I learned this, that, that knowledge or technology, it changes every 14 days. So if you bought something 14 days ago, 15 days ago, it's no longer even, even, even up to date. There's something even newer and better now. Technology is continuing to increase. How many of you remember when the smartphone first came out? How many of you remember when the cell phone first came out? Remember that? I mean, it was a big old box, like the size of this box here. You had to carry it with a strap. Remember the car phone was one that you had to plug into your car and, and take with you? I mean, technology. How many of you remember this? When a phone you used to have to dial. Huh? You remember that? How many of you still have one? <laughs> now all you do is say, Siri, call Michelle. No more dialing. It's incredible. Technology. Technology, the Bible tells us that in the end times we're going to see technology, knowledge shall be increased, and we're finding that in today's world. 
Bible says this in 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, Paul is telling Timothy and warning Timothy, he says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. There's going to be a rise in occult practices. There's going to be a rise, there's going to be great falling away of the faith. And so we find, we find these warnings. In Luke chapter number 21, verse number 11, the Bible says this, and great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilences, and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. We find that in Luke 21. And so we find, we find that there's many prophecies that are given about the rapture or the return of the Lord. It's interesting because the day that we're living in, we could read those and what almost screams at us, it's now, it's close. Israel's become a nation. It just seems like the things that we just read here in Scripture, they're happening all around us. And we know from Scripture that the last days, it's going to culminate with a seven-year period of tribulation. There's going to be a tribulation that takes place. God is going to pour his wrath out upon this earth in a seven-year period. Now, we're going to study the tribulation here in the next couple weeks. But today, what's going to happen to Christians? What's going to happen to you and I, those that know Jesus Christ as your Savior? The handwriting, as we've seen, is on the wall increased or ascribed by the events listed above that we've, we've talked about, that that's, it's clear the Lord's return is imminent, it's soon, it's going to be any time. And we as Christians, we need to make sure that we are prepared and ready for this, for this day. Titus chapter number two and verse number 13, uh, the Bible says this, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Father, Jesus Christ. And we as Christians, we're looking for that blessed hope, aren't you? We're looking for Jesus Christ to come again. And Christian, I want us to be careful as we see all of these things unfold all around us. We can't be uh, afraid and it can't cause us to be fearful. It must cause us to even depend upon God even greater. It's our blessed hope. We know that Jesus Christ is coming again to receive his bride exciting days for us as Christians. So I want to look, first of all, today, I want to look at the promise, the promise of the rapture. There's a promise, the promise of a rapture. Titus, the verse I just read in Titus 2.13 says this, it's the blessed hope. That blessed hope is what? The glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's going to appear. He's going to come again. It's that promise of the rapture. And I want to I want to study today this this promise as it's given in Scripture. All right, there's a lot of a lot of different thoughts. When's the rapture going to take place? And a lot of the tribulation. I'm going to show you where I believe in the Bible, how the Bible shows us when that is. And and I'm not going to study all of the all of what everyone else may believe or teach. I'm just going to simply show you today what I believe the Bible shows us about the events and the timing of the rapture. We know this in the Bible. It's a frequent promise. We know it's an often, it's often. This promise of the rapture, it is not a, a vain hope. It's not something that we as Christians, we, we just dug up and we made up and we, we hope that it's going to happen and we, this is something that we can't find in the Bible. No, it is in the Bible. It's a frequent promise that we find all throughout the Bible. 
As I mentioned earlier, more than a, more than a fourth of the Bible talks about this promise, talks about this happening. It talks about the return of Christ. We're going to study even further uh, uh, the, the return of Christ in, in uh, 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 upcoming weeks, but we find, we find here today the promise of the rapture. It's a frequent, a frequent promise. It's a sure promise. I want you to write these verses down. Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20. This is the confident language that the Bible uses. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Philippians 3.20 tells us there? We're going to be in heaven. Those that wonder, what's after this life? Some believe this. There's nothing. You just, you die. You go into the grave and you're dead. You live this life and, and that's it. Well, the Bible says this. There's a conversation taking place in heaven. There is something after this life. And that, that blessed hope that we find in, in Titus is that, that promise that we are going to spend eternity with our Savior. There's a sure promise in Hebrews 9.28. The Bible says, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. You know, the Bible says there in Hebrews, he's coming again. There's a time he's going to come again. In 1 Peter 5, 4, the Bible says this, and when the chief shepherd shall appear. And so we find here the promise, he's coming again. He said, the Bible says this, uh, once the, the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And so all through scripture, we find the promise that Jesus Christ is going to come again. He's going to reappear. We're going to spend eternity with him in heaven. So we find a, a sure promise. And then we find a securing promise. You know, having the sure hope of the rapture, we come to this verse in John 14, and this verse begins with this. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And then he goes on. This is Jesus speaking. He says this, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Jesus, knowing that we as Christians are going to live in troubled times, knowing that we as Christians are going to live in a, in a time where we're going to question and wonder. And he says this, let not your heart be troubled. Don't, don't be alarmed. Don't be troubled. I am coming again. I've got to go for a period of time. And he even tells us what he's doing when he goes. He says, I'm going and I'm preparing a place for you because then I'm going to come and I'm going to receive you unto myself. That verse, it's a securing promise that Jesus, he's coming again. You say, why are, why are you giving all these verses about the rapture? Because there's some, there's some that don't understand that Jesus is coming again. There's some that believe in this world that you live and then you die and life is over. There's some that believe this. You don't know for sure if you can ever get to heaven. And the Bible answers all of those questions. Rapture is an exciting, exciting time for us. It's a, not only a sure promise, it's not only a securing promise. But I want you to see this as well. 
It's a factual promise. Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Paul is writing this book of 1 Thessalonians to, to this church. In this entire book, he's writing about the, the second coming. He's writing about the Lord, his return. This is one of the clearest passages on the rapture. In 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, and verse number 13, Paul, he, he gives us as believers a very clear passage about the rapture of the church. The Bible begins with this in verse number 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Listen, 10 years ago this year, my father my father on a Sunday afternoon, he, he, he had a massive heart attack. And before he even hit the ground, they say he was dead. And that was a difficult time for my family. I got that news. And boy, on Father's Day, I hear, I hear people, you know, spending time with their dads. And, and I know many here in this room, you, you look at Father's Day and it's not an easy day because you've lost someone that you love. I remember burying my father, and I remember uh, there at his casket, and then there at the graveside, and gone back, and I've seen that tombstone, that, that grave side that he is, he is, his body is placed at. And, 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 and the Bible here is telling us this, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brother, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not. Listen, it was a sorrowful day, the day that my father passed away. It was a sorrowful day, the day that we buried him. But I'm telling you this as a Christian, as a believer in Christ, I'm not to, to mourn and get upset. And, and my, my faith is in the Lord. You know what I am sure of, according to 1 Thessalonians here, chapter number four, that I am going to see him again. Because he put his faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus tells us exactly what happens to those, what happens to those that are saved, that have gone on before us, and what happens to those that are alive if Jesus Christ were to come back today. And he tells us right here in 1 Thessalonians, he says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and, and with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And the Bible says this, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You know, I'm comforted when I read this. You know why? Because I know my father trusted Christ as a savior. And according to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, there is going to be an event that takes place. We don't know the time. The Bible says no man knoweth the day nor the hour, but we know this. It's so clear here in this passage that there's going to be a time where God says to Jesus Christ, it's time to go get your bride. And the voice of the archangel and the trump of God is going to sound. And as soon as that happens, the Bible tells us that all those that are dead, that know Christ, they're going to come out of the grave. And those that are alive and remain, so if Jesus Christ came back, this very moment those of us that are alive that know Jesus Christ we will meet those that have gone on before us in the clouds and this is the exciting thing Jesus is there he's calling us home 
everything he promised, we're going to see it's going to take place. That's the rapture of the church. That's when Jesus Christ calls those that know him as their Savior, he calls them back to heaven. And so I want you to see this. There are this powerful passage, it shares with us, there's five things that I want you to see about the facts about the rapture here. All right, according to these verses, number one is this, the Lord will return. The Lord will return, and you can say amen right there. It's not a hope so, it's not a a hope that we're on the right path. The fact of the matter is this, according to the word of God, the Lord will return. He is coming back. Jesus, Jesus closed his earthly ministry He gathered all his disciples on the Mount of Olives, and and then he ascended into heaven. And shortly after this ascension, the angel promised, the angel promised his disciples that Jesus Christ was going to return. I want you to find with me this, if you would please, in 1 Corinthians chapter number uh, uh, 11, verse number 26. And if you can't get to all these scriptures, just write these down and and, uh, uh, review these a little bit later. But I want to show you all of these scriptures here. The Bible says this, we, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. You know, each time we have the Lord's table, we have that, have the, have the juice and we have the cracker and we, we pass that out and we, we have what we call the Lord's table or communion. You know why we have that? We have that because it's a reminder that the Lord is coming again. Again, let me read that for you in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. He's coming again. It's a factual promise. I want you to see here, if you would please, the Lord, the Lord, uh, uh, he will, he will return, the Bible says. We find this, secondly, I want you to write this down. Uh, we will hear the voice of the archangel and the trump of, of God. This is going to be an event that we will hear. We are going to hear the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. I love to hear trumpets being played. Because one day we're all going to hear a trumpet. And when that trumpet sounds, all those that know Jesus Christ as their Savior, they're going to be suddenly taken out of this earth. It's called the rapture of the church. Thirdly, thirdly, we know from 1 Thessalonians, we know this, the dead in Christ will rise. When a Christian dies, his spirit is immediately taken into heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.8 declares this, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul said that. He said, it'd be better if I were absent from this body present from the Lord, and present with the Lord. So we know this, that immediately when a, when a person dies that knows Jesus Christ as their Savior, their spirit is immediately in heaven. But in the rapture, the, what we find in that rapture, that their bodies are going to be uh, uh, resurrected from this ground. In 1 Corinthians 15, 52, the Bible says this, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Once again, Paul writes in, in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians here, he, or 1 Corinthians, he writes that this event is going to happen. 15, 52, 1 Corinthians 15, 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. At the last trump, for the trump shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 
All through scripture, we find that this event is going to happen. This event is going to take place. We find this, fourth, we find this. Not only will the dead in Christ rise, fourth, we find that Christians will be caught up. This is our blessed hope. Those who are living on this earth at the time of the rapture, they are going to be raptured out. Now, I don't understand all that. I know there's movies about it and there's books that you can read about it. I don't know what's going to happen. Some say there's going to be a pile of clothes where human beings used to be. I I don't know what's going to happen. All I know this, the Bible says, when that that voice of the archangel is sounds and that trumpet sound, and those that know Jesus Christ, they're going to be raptured out. I don't care where my clothes are going to be. I know I'm going to be with Jesus. And that's something that we ought to be excited about, Christian. And what it ought to do is give us peace. It ought to give us contentment. It ought to give us joy, knowing this. Those that have gone on before us and those that are alive now, There's going to be an event that takes place for all of us. Number five, we will meet the Lord in the air. The key statement in 1 Thessalonians 4 describes that second coming. We're going to find that Jesus, he is going to come and he's going to meet us in the air. The Bible says this in Acts chapter 1. Bible says, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come again in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Again, another prophecy, another event that takes place that's showing us Jesus Christ is coming. He's coming again. And so we find this We find this to be true. We will ever be with the Lord. Once Jesus comes and raptures his church out, from that point forward, we are with Jesus forever. And that's the comforting part, Christian, for us. There's no more pain. There's no more tears. There's no more death. We're with Jesus forever. One of the greatest promises of salvation is this eternal life. And Jesus even has the plan in the word of God how we're going to spend eternity with him. It's either going to be through death or it's going to be through the rapture. But the promise is sure. We're going to spend eternity with our Savior. And that is a wonderful promise that we as Christians ought to enjoy. And so we find here, I want to see this, the hope of the rapture. Because in a in a world of chaos. Boy, this week, it just seems like our world is getting more and more chaotic. Would you agree with that? Boy, it just seems out of control. It seems like things are just insane. The Bible tells us this, we will ever be with the Lord. The hope of this rapture, the hope of the rapture is this. In 1 Thessalonians 4.18, the Bible says this, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We're supposed to see these events and it be comforting to us. It to be a time as we study this event, it ought to bring comfort to the believer, knowing that God is in control, 
knowing that he has a plan, knowing that we will see him. The day I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, that day, from that day forward, I know that I'm going to see Jesus again. I can comfort, be comforted here with these words. Jesus established the church while he was here on this earth. In Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 18, we find he establishes the local church. Then he, asked, then he says this, one of the, what he tells the Christians in Mark 16, 15 is this, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Our goal as a Christian, knowing the truth, knowing the truth of the rapture, knowing the truth that Jesus is going to come and, and, and claim his bride, knowing that Jesus, a, a, a trumpet's going to sound and, and the dead are going to rise and, and those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up with him in the clouds forevermore. Knowing those things, we are to go and take the truth of the gospel into a world that needs him. We need to take these truths. This ought to motivate us, Christian, to tell others the command that God gave us was to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, Christians, though, for many centuries, they, they hoped that the Lord was coming back in their lifetime. And there's some that got weary and some thought this, maybe he's not coming. It's been 2,000, over 2,000 years since, since he was well, crucified, and it's been some 2,000 years, and he hasn't come back yet. Why hasn't he come back yet? I, I want to point your, your uh, uh, focus to 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 9. The Bible says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But this is the reason we find, but he is long-suffering to us, we're not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Listen, Jesus Christ, he is desiring that each and every human being comes to know him as their savior. He is allowing time so that we could go into all the world and preach the gospel. We can tell others about Jesus. He's allowing this time so others could hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ and repent so they too can experience eternal life. And every Christian that's here today, our obligation, our responsibility is to preach the gospel so all the world hears that Jesus Christ came and died for them. He came and he paid the penalty for their sin so they could spend eternity in heaven. And I want you to see this as well. There's an, the eminent hope. And this I want to, I probably not have much time. Let me finish here. Because many people look at the events of the rapture and they say, where's the rapture fall? Is it before the tribulation? Is it in the middle of the tribulation? Is it after the tribulation? And I want to just give you a few things here, whichever time I have remaining, where I show you that I believe this, the rapture takes place before the tribulation. Jesus Christ is going to come to the clouds, that voice of the archangel is going to sound, the trump is going to sound, and all of us that are alive and remain are going to be caught up with those that have gone on before us in the clouds. And then from that point forward starts the seven-year tribulation. When the Antichrist, and we're going to look at the Antichrist, we're going to look at the tribulation in here in weeks to come. But I believe this, I'm going to show you here today in the time I have left, well, I believe that the, 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 the uh, rapture takes place before the tribulation. First reason here I want you to see. 
in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, in verse number 9. In 1 Thessalonians 5, in verse number 9, the Bible says this, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason I believe, number one, is that the rapture takes place before the tribulation we would find this, Paul is writing about the tribulation. He's writing about the rapture of the church. He's writing about end times here in 1 Thessalonians. I believe this because the church is not appointed to wrath. Because the church is not appointed to wrath, God then would not allow the church to go through his wrath upon this earth. We find that in 1 Thessalonians. Chapter number five, verse number nine. In 1 Thessalonians chapter number one, in, in verse number 10, the Bible says this, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And so in 1 Thessalonians, Paul also says this, that Jesus Christ, we're gonna wait for his son from heaven, whom, whom, who was raised from the dead, even Jesus, and he delivered us from the wrath to come. And so I believe this, in 1 Thessalonians, several times we find where, where Paul is writing, showing the Christian that we are delivered from the wrath that's going to come. And we know that wrath is the tribulation period upon this earth. And so we find, we find number one, because the church is not appointed to wrath. Secondly, I want you to write this down because the church is absent in Revelation chapter number four through verse 18. Now, this is important for us. Now, I know this is a little bit deep here and I'm not gonna get into all of these things. And I would ask you to go and study this. Read Revelation number, uh, verse number one through three and then four through 18. And what you're gonna find is this. What you're gonna find is this. In Revelation four through 18, it focuses on the judgment of the earth during the tribulation. The church isn't mentioned in any of these chapters. The church is mentioned in the first three chapters of Revelation. So the first three chapters of Revelation, they're, they're, they're directed, uh, uh, the Apostle Paul is writing and he shows us that he's writing to these seven churches. He's writing to the seven churches in Asia Minor, Minor and he's giving warnings. He's speaking to these seven churches in the first three chapters of Revelation. And then what we find is this. We find that, that John hears a trump and is called up into heaven. And from that point forward, what we find then is the tribulation or the judgment that comes upon the earth from chapters number four through chapter number 18. So the book of Revelation itself, it gives us a picture, an inside look of the end time prophecy where the church is mentioned. The church then is drawn out and then judgment upon the earth from chapters four through 18. And so I believe in studying the book of Revelation, we find that the church is absent. The church is absent when the tribulation is shown. Next, I want you to find this because it's promised, just simply because it's promised. In Revelation chapter number three, verse number 10 and 11, if you'll write this down or go to this, this uh, passage of scripture, Revelation 3, 10, 11, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. And so we find here's a promise in God's word. He says, behold, I come quickly and I'll keep thee from the hour of temptation. And then lastly, I want you to see this this, this morning because of the order of scripture. After Paul, after Paul describes the rapture in 1 Thessalonians chapter, 
Number four, he then deals with the day of the Lord or the tribulation. So we find in Revelation chapter number one through chapter number three, we find the church and we find then John is drawn up and we find the judgment where the church is not mentioned. Then Paul, in writing 1 Thessalonians, speaking about end-time prophecy, we find that Paul, he deals with the day of the Lord, the tribulation, be after he deals with the rapture of the church. So Paul says, these are the events that are going to take place. The rapture is going to happen. And then he goes directly into dealing with the tribulation, the, the, the judgment, God's wrath that's going to be poured out upon this earth. In this, again, when Paul's writing, it indicates the rapture coming before the tribulation. And so we know this, and I apologize, I am out of time here today. But we know this. We find the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Listen, not every single person is going to die before the rapture. We know this, that an event is going to take place here at some point. The archangel is going to sound. The trump of God is going to sound. And those that are dead are going to rise. And those that are alive and remain are going to be caught up in the clouds. That event is called the rapture of the church. There's so many prophecies that point toward it. My question this today, today would be to this. If... Christ were to come in the clouds today and that trump sound, would you go? Would you go? Listen, it's not, salvation is not a knowledge. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, so many people know about events and know what the Bible says. Our youngest daughter, Chloe, she, I joke around with her often. I'll, I'll say, are you saved yet? And she'll say, no. I'll say, when are you going to get saved? And my wife will kind of say, stop. I don't want her to make that decision because you, she feels you're forcing her to. And the thing is, she knows all the Bible verses. She's been in Awana for years. She knows what to say. She knows that she's a sinner. She knows, she knows everything. She knows all the things she's supposed to know. She went to kindergarten and Christian school this past year, and she knows Bible verses, and she knows all those things. It's all up here. But salvation is a relationship with Christ here. And there is an event that's going to take place and it's mocked and it's scoffed at and in, 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 in intelligent people that, that uh, don't know Christ, they, they say those that believe it, there's something wrong with them and, and they're narrow-minded and, and they believe in these, 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 these hoax that, that, that Christ is going to come back. And those that know Jesus Christ as their Savior, this event, the rapture of the church, is going to take place. It could be today. All prophecy that needed to be fulfilled so that Christ could come again has now been fulfilled. There's none left to be fulfilled. At any moment, we can see Jesus Christ would come. If he came today, 
would you be caught up in the clouds? Or would you face the beginning of the tribulation here upon this earth?